you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Reeves, alongside, as always, Brady Raggio. Brady, we had a great week of high school football last week. A lot of intense week one playoff matchups. We're going to break all those down. How was your week? Good, good. Uh, enjoyed the games last week. There were some good ones. Uh, you know, I think we uh, pretty much picked them like uh, they turned out. You know, uh, Minogue with the big win. A uh, little shocked about Reno going into Damani and doing what they did, but looking forward to the games this week. We will break them all down, and then we will predict the two games coming up this week and kind of go a little more in-depth than we usually do and just kind of because we're down to four teams, give you an idea of what we think and why we think what we're thinking as far as these teams. So the first game last week, the Carson Senators, who were 1-5 in in league in that last playoff spot, the eighth seed, traveled to Bishop Minogue, the number one seed, 7-0 in league. The score was 17-63, and uh, the score was in favor of the Bishop Minogue Miners. Uh, Bishop Minogue won this one 63-17. Brady, what do you think of this one? Uh, you know, it didn't surprise us at all. You know, we both picked Minogue. They beat them. They scored 70 last time against Carson. So I think this was, uh, you know, the first quarter it was 14-14. <laughs> they were actually tied. Carson uh, had a couple big 70-plus runs for touchdowns. But, and people were like, oh, my, you know, looking at Twitter and stuff. But we knew what was going to happen. They almost put up 70 again. Uh, you know, Minogue, I think, is the top team in the north. Uh, you know, they got the one seed, and Carson had their hands full, but uh, so it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that they were going to win that game. Most certainly, yeah. That 14-14 score when we saw it early, uh, you were starting to wonder. You didn't think Bishop and Oak was going to lose that one, but you didn't know if Carson was going to make it a very competitive game. So good job by the Miners. Good job also all year long by the Senators. Um, the next game we're going to dive into one that had a little bit of intrigue because not that it was a coin toss, but you did wonder if Spencer Fireball wasn't on his game, could the Reed Raiders be knocked off? But the McQueen Lancers traveled to Sparks to play the Reed Raiders. Uh, it was 24-14 in favor of Reed. Brady, any takeaways on this one? No, we both talked about it. We thought it was going to be a pretty good game, but we just thought, you know, Reed at home, you know, was going to win this game. Uh, they have a good running game. They got some good athletes there. They're kind of coming into their own here at the end of the season. So I felt that, you know, I felt Reed would win the game, but I, I was impressed with McQueen. They put up a fight, and uh, they kind of finished the season strong. Kind of interesting, too, to note on this game, there was some scheduling delays. I think I heard a bus issue so this one didn't end until uh, well after the TV game ended. And for many that watch the game, uh, they know that the TV game with all the commercial timeouts usually is the last game to end. So this one didn't end, I want to say, well, it, I called you at about 10.15 that night. And it was over at about 10.30, 10.45. So 
just kind of a very late game for all parties involved in that one. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, there was a bus issue, I think, or something like that. And I know they said they didn't kick off till around eight o'clock. Wow. So hour long delay on that one. Um, another one that I honestly, in our predictions, got dead wrong. I thought the Galena Grizzlies would have much more of a competitive game, but we did men- we did mention rather that health may have been a factor in this game. The Galena Grizzlies traveled to the Spanish Spring Cougars. Uh, Galena losing this one uh, to the Cougars. The Cougars had a score of 41, while the Grizzlies had a score of 9. Uh, Brady, Galena, Galena played tough, but, uh, you know, Spanish Springs, one of those teams we said has been very cyclical this year. Uh, it has been up and down at certain points. This was one of their better games. Yeah, definitely. They put up a lot of points. Uh, they shut Galena down. Uh, Galena had a good year for you know, coming off the year they had last year. So they made the playoffs. It's a good stepping stone for Coach Cook and, and that program. But, uh, you know, I picked Spanish Springs to win that game. I just thought I think they're a better team. They played great. Uh, they really put, had their offense kind of clicked against Galena. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of momentum they're coming into this week against Reed. But Galena, you know, uh, hats off to them on getting a bunch of wins this year, getting in the playoffs and kind of reestablishing some foundation up there at Galena. Now you talked about uh, one of our more shocking results coming up earlier. Not that we were discounting anything from the Reno Huskies, but earlier in the year, Damani Ranch had beat the Reno Huskies. This year it was an opposite effect, definitely. The Reno Huskies traveled to Damani Ranch High School and won this one 36-16. Brady, I know you were at this game. I was at this game. Uh, give me some of the takeaways that you had in this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was at the one earlier in the year where Damani got their first win against them and put up a lot of points. I mean, from the get-go in this game, uh, Reno was playing with a lot of passion. They were they were flying around. There were some some turnovers by Damani. You know, I mean, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit early on. But I just thought Reno outplayed them. I mean, Reno really pretty much outplayed them and – kind of beat him to the punch there and it really was never close uh you know the score indicates it they scored but I mean when you're watching that game uh it was really never that close you know they you know some crucial turnovers and and I I just felt like Reno came out ready to play and kind of avenged that loss that they had where they got beat up pretty good prior most certainly and one thing we saw from the Mustangs are uh they had some opportunities definitely in this game. We saw Venezia turn another interception into a near touchdown. Uh, the fumble occurred at the two-yard line. Just very tough for the Mustangs there. That could have been another seven points that could have got them more back into this game. But there was a point there, Brady, I want to say in the third quarter where it was like an eight- or nine-point game, and you wondered, could the Mustangs put a drive together, get this within three points, and uh, make it a game? But... Uh, you know, just tough one for the Mustangs. I think uh, that coaching staff's going to reflect on this season, go, you know, one of two ways. They're going to say, hey, we had a good year considering everything that happened in the offseason. Uh, we had two head coaches in a matter of an offseason, uh, actually three rather, and our guy came in and truly took the lead in August. So it was, you know, a tough one in that scenario. Or they're going to go one of two the other way where they go, we got to really correct some things because offensively 
We saw them get a little too run happy. We saw them get a little too pass happy at certain times. They got one dimensional on uh, the offensive side and then defensively uh, just want to see some linebackers uh, get into the backfield a little bit more because we saw the run defense uh, take a little bit of a toll this season in comparison to years past. Now we're going to lead into our next two games. These next two games, I just, uh, I'm pretty thrilled. I think they're going to be very, very good games um, all the way around. Uh, we're talking about, of course, the Spanish Springs Cougars, who are 6-5. and five. They're taking on the Reed Raiders, who are 7-3. and three. Brady, we'll break this one down, but let's break it down. Let's go team by team, and if you got anything special offensively or defensively, please do mention it because I think when you're talking about both of these teams, you got some good talents all the way across. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the Spanish Springs Reed game. I mean, that's a rivalry anyways. Uh, now it's in the semifinals of the North Region Championship, so a lot more on the line. Reed's at home. You know, I, I do. I'm picking Reed in this game. I think their running game's just really strong, controlling the clock. Spanish Springs did put up a lot of points against Galena. Uh, their receivers had big games. Uh, their quarterback threw, you know, threw well. Uh, I just, I just feel Reed is is going to be a little too much. I think they're kind of peaking at the right time, and I think their running game is going to is what's going to win this game for them. This game in the regular season, Brady came down to three points. Uh, we saw last year. They played twice, not just in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. Kind of feels like this this matchup is kind of inevitable to happen twice every single year. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's kind of it's kind of neat. I mean they you know two Sparks teams, big rivals, a uh, lot of emotion there. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I just you know it's one of those games too. It's gonna, it's going to be close, like it was the last time they met. I'm just kind of tipping to the home team here uh, with Reed, and I just think their running game is just too strong uh, in terms of what they're putting up every week. Now, I mean, the tough part about this game is, yes, Reed has a phenomenal rushing attack, but Spanish Springs has some great linebackers, guys like Marco Cashi. Um, I know a lot of guys on that defense that are really playing well. Um, both both schools – the one thing I've noticed about this matchup, the reason I think it's so dang even, Coach Hummel comes in, then a couple of years later, or even maybe the next year, Coach Hughes comes in and takes over that program. So the coaches have been at their programs, respectively, close to the same amount of time. Have very similar philosophies. Uh, both schools have great numbers, which you have not always seen. Obviously, the pandemic played a role in that, but uh, Spanish Springs and Reed are pulling the numbers that we're kind of used to in uh, the past decade, excluding those COVID pandemic years. Uh, you see quarterback play from both guys. You're talking about J.J. Dane. You're talking about uh, Dakota Dunlap, two guys that very much so know how to handle the game, know how to handle their offensive units. Both teams have um, a complement of great running backs, uh, great receivers, um, but, you know, I, I really love what I'm seeing from Spencer Fireball. Uh, the interesting thing about Fireball this year has been teams can stop him if he doesn't get that first step burst quickness. And what I mean by that is if he can get near the linebacking and defensive back core, if he can get those first few yards in, 
he can break it for a huge run every time and break those 5, 10, 15, and even longer yard burst. But if he can't get past the line, there have been many a times that I've seen Spencer Firebaugh taken down at the line of scrimmage. So um, just very interesting, something that I hope the Spanish Spring Cougars saw in their film. Um, if they can get a lot of penetration there at the line, it can be very key. And then, um, you know, we're talking defensively. I think both teams just have very solid defenses. One thing, Brady, I wanted to ask you, um, not just related to this year, but I kind of was talking to Dan Gustin and Mike Rippey and, and just some of the people I trust here in northern Nevada. Um, you look at some of the teams that have been bounced out of the playoffs so far. You know, your Douglas, your Carson, your, your Damani Ranch. Some of those teams are really hurting when it comes to numbers. Uh, what, are you, what are you seeing? Because I think I've seen in the correlation to guys that have to play both ways versus the schools that have those numbers. How key do you really think it is that these schools with numbers have, have playoff odds and playoff favorability uh, that's kind of helping them out? I think it's huge. Football definitely is one sport that you got to have numbers. You have special teams, kickoff, kickoff return, punt team, all the different, you know, groupings. And it's the one sport where the numbers really help out, especially in practices, uh, having, you know, a, a good D to go against and, you know, scout D to go against. And if you're all your starting offense alignment or starting on the defense, it just, it, it just doesn't work out as great. Uh, you know, you look at schools like Galena, where there's like 1,400 kids, uh, not getting any. You know, they it's a, it's a smaller enrollment. Damani's a little bigger, but then you head out to Spanish Springs and Reed, and and they have over 2,000. And you know, uh, it just it it does make a difference. It does on on bodies and its numbers. And it's like, what do those programs look like on their freshman team, on their JV team? How many kids do they have? You know, you hear some good things at some of these schools, like, hey, a lot of kids came out. Our JV team's good. But, and then what comes into play? Is it kids not playing, specializing in one sport? If they're a baseball guy, uh, you know, back, you know, a lot of people played three sports, two sports. A lot of people are specializing now, but also concussions or parents letting them play. So numbers are definitely down in football across the board nationally. Uh, that's a known fact. A lot of the kids are playing flag football, avoiding the, the contact and stuff like that. But you look at you look at re I take Minogue out of the equation. They 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 don't have the enrollment that the other schools do, but uh, a lot of the kids go there to play football, you know, they know what kind of numbers they're gonna have. They have good numbers uh, throughout their programs, J V freshmen. But, you know, you look at Spanish Springs and Reed and they put, you know, quality products on the field in football right now and they have the numbers. I mean, it makes a difference in football. It, it definitely does. Yeah, and if you look at the four teams that are playing in this playoffs, um, I can really, and I may be forgetting a couple of kids here and there, but I can I can really only think of three kids that are playing both ways on these four teams, and that's gotta that's gotta say something. I mean, you think of a guy like Marco Cashi. Yeah, he plays offensively, but he's like a fullback a little bit, halfback every now and again, kind of on those tight goal line situations. Uh, Vacapuna, very similar situation over there at Reed. Uh, he he kind of does the same thing, kind of blocks and gets in on those tough nose situations where you gotta kind of scrunch it right there under center. And then uh, the other guy that I will say is a little different, but uh, he's just a phenomenal athlete. I mean, you're talking about Carson Darby 
on Reno's staff. He he plays both ways, but he's playing on the line both ways, and he's just he's one of those athletes we see in the area when you're talking about line play defensively and offensively. You only see probably once every five years. So you talk about that two-way correlation, and I think it really does play a role in how successful your team can be um, when you're talking about, hey, are we making the playoffs because our guys are a little more rested and we don't have a guy playing all all 48 minutes so um the next matchup which we kind of broke that last one down for a little bit but we're going to break the next one down even more so here reno traveling to bishop minogue brady this one this is what everybody thought the regional championship was going to be well some things have changed a little bit for reno and even at the beginning of the year we were questioning could bishop minogue be as good as we thought they were uh, because they did have those two tough losses out of the gate. But this one should be a good one. Give us your take. Yeah, this will be a good game. I watched the first game matchup that these two played, and Minogue beat them pretty soundly at home. So I kind of see the same thing happening. I really do. I think Reno coming off a big win against Damani. They played well, uh, but I think Minogue is, is going to be ready for, for Reno. and. I don't think Reno can keep up with them offensively. It's just not going to happen. They're going to get out. Of, they're going to fall behind, get out of what they do, which is, you know, pound the ball, uh, quick passing game to Dutton. He's a great receiver, uh, but I still think that they're going to have to throw the ball more, being behind, uh, and I think it's just going to get them out of their game plan a little bit. But I, I see Minogue winning this game. Uh, I don't think it'll be as big of a lopsided win as it was last time because last time they really put it on them but i do see them winning by a couple of touchdowns i agree with your prediction i don't agree with your how you got there and usually it's the other way around let me explain myself a little bit when i say this so that game and i don't know if it was exactly 14 14 at half but it was or 17 14 it was really close at half and everybody was wondering could reno pull this off and then, you're right, Logan Howron threw, I think, three touchdowns or four touchdowns in the second half and just put it up on Reno. It made it look very, very much so lopsided. But we talked about this, and we've talked about this a few times here on the podcast. If Reno is forced to go one-dimensional and they can't get guys like Worthen and Summers and, and uh, Nico Amari in the run game, and they're forced to pass, they sometimes get a little too happy throwing only to Dutton and and I know Drew Martinez has made some plays too and obviously those guys I mentioned at the running back position can catch the ball as well but I think if Reno can keep it close enough within a touchdown I don't know if they'll win but I think if they can keep it within a score or maybe even a two score game I think they've got a chance to keep their run game strong uh, keep their passing game in it but not make it a focal point because Obviously, Parga really likes to dart it out to Dutton, and I think that's going to be a big thing to make sure to spread the ball around to those other guys. So I think that Bishop and Oak's going to win this game, and I'll put a score of 42-31 to 31 on it. 42-31, I think it's a 10-point game, but I think Reno hangs in this one a little more. I think in the third quarter we could see a score that we're like, well, maybe Reno's got a chance, but... You know, I think it could be a lot closer than what the final score indicated the last time. That's for sure. Now, I do want to, we did this last game, last week. 
I want to make sure we give our kudos to the teams that have been knocked out and kind of, you know, pick Brady's brain and just kind of, hey, what would you say to this team if you're the head coach? What would you say uh, you can do to get your team to the next level? We're going to start with the team that did lose that was the lowest seed, the Carson Senators. If you're Coach Bouchard, Brady, uh, you know, you're working on you're working on community buying, you're working on making sure that the Carson way is still very much so a thing. What are you saying to a team that had a pretty decent defensive year? It's just offensively they had to figure some things out. Yeah, they, they definitely do. They had a good uh, – they did have a good defensive year, but they need to find an offense. They need to it, – it starts with the kids coming in, the young kids. I mean, you got to find that quarterback that you can have for a few years, maybe three years. Uh, it's getting that group of kids coming in in a class and, and it, that's buying in. And, and it's numbers like we talked about. So, I mean, Carson is kind of, you know, I always scratch my head. You know, so, you know it's a one show down there. It's a whole city. And you think they, you know, they get the numbers, get the kids. And, and I think that's the most important thing. I mean, it's, it's somebody to run your offense and, and get production. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And, and, you usually see the, the good teams, the teams that make runs, have that quarterback, have that trusty guy running the offense. And I think it all starts there. It really does. Uh, and, and leading the team. So I think it's finding that kid and, and finding a group of kids buying in, even if they're freshmen now or sophomores, where you can build the program around. You kind of see it with Galena. Uh, good sophomore class, bunch of good players. Uh, they kind of turned a corner. You know, they're going to be tougher. They're going to be juniors next year than seniors. You know, and they have a good class behind them, I heard. So that's when that's when you put a, you can put a team together and put a couple good years together. Well, and Carson, like many of these schools, always has that, that group of brothers, the next brother coming in. And, uh, you know, you talked about it being a city and everybody has to buy in. You know, Coach Bouchard uh, had a rough first year, but I think with the buy-in from having Blair Roman still on, on campus you still got a whole city buying into your program you got those brothers coming up you got you got every single thing going in your direction you just got to make a couple of tink uh tinker changes here and there and i think uh i think i think carson can definitely get things going here in future years uh the next team if you're matthew marner uh and you're heading the mcqueen lancers obviously you played at mcqueen You'd been an offense coordinator. Uh, you're stepping into some big shoes. I mean, Jim Schnelling was a great head coach. Uh, I mean, when a school has had less than five head coaches in its history, and you're one of them, it's a huge thing. Plus, your team the previous year comes off a regional championship uh, and plays Gorman in the state championship. What are you doing if you're Matt Marner right now? Uh, I don't think you're panicking too much. They have a bunch of athletes up there. There's a lot of pride in McQueen's football program. I know they get good numbers. They have good youth program funneling in there. There's the Northwest is McQueen's tradition, uh, state championships and, and what they've done. So I wouldn't be pushing the panic button up there at all. I mean, it was it was bound to be, you know, a, a come back to earth year, Snelling leaving, all those, you know, Ashton Hayes leaving, you know, and Snelling leaving. The quarterback position, linebacker position was kind of anchor of that team. So it was, it was going to be a tough year for them, uh, bouncing back anyways with what they lost. And I, I, I think I, McQueen's going to be there. They're going to, they'll, they'll bounce back, and they'll be, a, they'll be a playoff team before you know it, like a, a regional finalist team before you know it. 
the next school we're going to talk about, uh, your son is an alum of and a school that is near and dear to your heart still. Uh, Coach Aaron Cook heads the Galena Grizzlies, and a lot of people were like, eh, maybe an eight seed at best, or maybe a nine seed at best, an eight seed. You know, Galena's Galena. I don't know if they can beat some of those teams. They've had a lot of turmoil. But you and I remember the days of Galena and Carson battling it out for regional championships. So I think uh, if you're head coach Aaron Cook, what are you saying to the guys? Because I feel like you've turned a corner here. Now you just got to keep going down that path instead of veering towards the other one. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, and uh, there was, there, you know, good teams back, you know, almost eight years ago, 10 years ago for Galena that were making playoffs and going to the regional finals and stuff like that. So there's some pride in that program for sure. Uh, it was good to see what he did this year, though. You know, got some wins early against some maybe inferior competition, not the 3A level. Uh, beat a team out of L.A. that was probably one of the lesser teams coming up from Southern California. But they got W's and they got people excited about the program again, which in turn gets the parents and the young kids going to the games and youth football. That's what you need. You need kids coming in. You need to get that class. I think Galena's in a good position right now. They have a good sophomore class. Uh couple good juniors and and they said the numbers behind the sophomore class were really good for the freshman class I was talking to somebody up there so they're kind of excited for the future uh it's just one of those things Galena is a school that you know there's not going to be a lot of new enrollment at that school in terms of you know kind of where they're located and new development and stuff like that so kind of got to know who they are and, and try to get as much numbers as they can up there but I think Cook's doing a good job, and I think that you know he, he's getting people to buy into that program, and hopefully the younger kids coming up in eighth grade right now, seventh grade, they're they're buying. They want to be Galena Grizzlies and play football up there. Well, and we talk about that buy-in. I mean, you you saw a lot more when you went out to Galena games. You, the parents are supporting. They're excited about the program. I'm not breaking any uh, controversial news by saying this, but with Sean Dupree leaving. Uh, a, a former Damani guy and Aaron Cook, he had some of the assistants come on over to Galena and, and they bring some valuable insight to the game and some people that have definitely had some experience in Northern Nevada. So that helped as well. Uh, you talk about the players bought in more. I mean, there, there was some question marks in years past about, hey, do I want to be a big time football player at Galena High School? And I think I think that question's no longer there with the way the Grizzlies have played and uh, some of those past stories going by the wayside. And then the other thing, you touched on the lesser California team that came to play, but how about when they played Foothill? And we were like, wow, Foothill's this team, that team, rank max preps, we like them. They only lost by three points. It was a 10-7 game down there, I think, week three. Uh, Galena's got everything working for him right now. Like I said, they just got to make sure that they let the snowball effect continue and not try to halt it. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. And they, they're getting good quarterback play. That's the key. And, and they got some great sophomores. I think they will be able to carry the mantle for them and, and hopefully, uh, you know, continue to push in the right direction. Our last team, if your head coach, Ty Gregg, uh, you saw some things from Damani Ranch that were tough, like injuries in the beginning of the year, obviously the coaching transition. You just saw some things that were very tough, but you can put in a vacuum because you're like, is that going to happen every year? I don't think so. But you also saw some things uh, 
that were very positive. I mean, that big win against Reno when Damani didn't have a win on the board already and they're playing one of the top teams in Northern Nevada and getting it done. Uh, you saw guys like Venezia get get interceptions that you, you, you see the youth watching that game in the stands and they're like, I want to be like him. I want to make the next step. I want to put in the extra work. I want to be the guy that can get an, a big-time interception for Damani Ranch and take it to the house. Uh, so you saw some good things, but if you're coach Ty Gregg, what are you saying to the team? What are you preparing for next year? What is your take, Brady? Well, I think Damani's kind of established itself as a quality program. I mean, when McNamara came through and, you know, all those wins, you know what I mean? They, they, they you know, even a little bit prior to that, you know, it was a good program. Uh, definitely Dupree leaving, going through a couple coaches there. It's kind of a rough start for the season. They played some tough teams, all California teams, tough teams, uh, had injuries. So I think Damani's going to continue to get good numbers, uh, a lot of development in South Reno, a lot of new homes, uh, a lot of growth. And I think they're going to they're gonna keep continuing to get numbers and get better. And, and uh, with the youth program and, you know, Pop Warner and all that stuff, I think they're going to have quality teams come through there, quality athletes, quality kids. And, and you know, if I was a coach at Damani, I'd be really excited about the future because, you know, you're going to have the numbers and you're going to have a lot of kids. And I think you're going to be able to put a good program together. And Dupree proved that, you know, and I think he just needs a couple of years maybe to get, get his system in place. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, we talk about some of the assistants leaving other places. Coach Greg not only was named the head coach late in the offseason, he had to build a staff late in the offseason. And he had some good guys in place. And I think another year under their belt will do them great thing, will do great things for them. And uh, I think it's going to be another th- year of just let's, let's tinker with some things, let's make some changes because they have the talent. Um, I actually had the privilege of announcing their JV and freshman games. They got kids coming up that can definitely sling the ball, uh, run it, catch some balls, and even make some great tackles. So they got some guys on the lower levels that can get things done. Uh, The thing about Damani that I've always appreciated is they have great buy-in from their admin. They're obviously their coaches, their parents, uh, everybody on staff. I mean, even our guy, Lynn Alt, uh, he's 100% Damani through and through. So you never question the guys that are committed there. It's just a matter of, Maybe getting a little more experience, getting a little more under their belt in the aspect of uh, seeing what they're working with and just tinkering some things here and there, and it'll make a difference. Uh, Brady, any final thoughts before we leave this podcast on what what you're excited for and what you want to see this next uh, upcoming week? Because Friday, two games, and everybody's going to have their eyes on them. Yeah, no, I think the Spanish Springs read game is, is, is going to be – a really good game. I'm I'm interested to see that, and I just think Reed's going to pull that out in a close one, and uh, I think Minogue's going to is, is going to win. It's going to be a good game, but I think they're going to win, and I think you're going to have uh, Minogue and Reed for the region championship. But we'll see, and that's what we'll get together next week and talk about. Most certainly. Well, just a quick programming note: we have some awesome coverage next week. I know. We're going to try to get Lynn Alt on the podcast. We may even have a couple of special guests on that podcast. Try to try to get some more people on there. It'll be a little bit longer. And then we're going to have our big state championship podcast where 
you know, we'll see if a Northern team can do something. If it is uh, a team like Bishop and Oak, you never know what can happen. And then uh, even after that, we're not ending the podcast just because football season's ended. We're going to have some special people on uh, covering some youth sports. We're going to try to get some special guests from local uh, different different parts of the area. And then we may even have a podcast where I asked Brady 20 different questions about how his major league career went and how it was to pitch against uh, pitch against some great players in his time. So we'll just have some fun podcast here and there. And then before you blink, we'll have our winter magazine coming out covering the awesome basketball teams, boys and girls, wrestling teams, just tons of great content here on Battleborn Preps. Uh, don't forget, at the end of this podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It does help us out, gives us uh, gets us out to the community a little bit more, and we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. For, my, for Brady Raggio, I'm Michael Reeves, and this is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast.